what I'd like to do is first talk about your career, and then maybe we could shift gears and talk a little BB King. Absolutely, one of my faves, favorite Great. favorite artists of all time. All right, so I guess Chuck, tell me um, about your early musical training. Let's see. A as a start, Jay, I kind of like started fooling around with uh, my my uncle, my uncle Earl, who's my one of my my dad's brothers, of course. He he got me uh, sitting on his knee playing a ukulele and the guitar, and uh, that's when I was like four years old. And um, as I was growing up, my parents' uh, next door neighbor. He had a guitar and I would hear him and his friends playing on the weekends. That kind of got me interested in it. Um, besides getting some early musical training in piano, and oboe and violin, you know, it, the guitar always kind of, I always gravitated back to the guitar. So, uh, you know, by the time I was uh, 11 or so, you know, I had my, uh, my first harmony and, you know, I, had a silver tone amp, and next thing you know, I was, uh, you know, playing in the proverbial basement garage, playing Sunshine of Your Love for uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I started playing, uh, like, really getting into it when I was in high school. Um, played in, I um, actually played bass and guitar in a band that backed up a group, well, two groups actually. One was a girl group that did Martha Reeves, uh, Supremes, um, uh, Ronettes, that kind of stuff, well, girl group type stuff. And then another group that did um, Temptations, Four Tops, um, actually did some Junior Walker. So, and we're, you know, we're talking. Um, uh, late sixties, so that 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 music and uh, what was going on at that time was pretty popular. By the time I, when I graduated high school, um, went on to college, um, that's when my interest in the blues started, in blues and jazz started. I uh, when I got to to uh, college, I was you know listening to. West Montgomery, Grant Green, and of course, B.B. King. Uh, mm -hmm. When I got in school, um, it's like when I really started uh, getting into the blues and not so much shifting away from R&B, but like listening to, you know, B.B. King, Albert King, Albert Collins, and of course, you know, like, and, and jazz guitars who, you know, who had that, had one foot in the blues, you know, Kenny Burrell, Frank Green, even West. You know, they somewhere along the line, all of those guys, whether you want to call them jazz guitars, um, or blues guitars, or you know, or even you know, in, in instrumentalists like um, Arnie Kessel, or even you know, going back, you know, all of those guys somehow went back to blues as a basis for what they were doing, whether it, right. whether it was strict improvisation or as a, you know, as a backing to, um, you know, vocalists like Joe Pass playing behind Ella Fitzgerald. Like, mm -hmm. 
he he was also one of my you know like favorites to listen to. I just like the idea of chord melody and improvisation and he was also you know he had that technical ability as well, but didn't purely rely on it. You know, no, no, no. Him him with Elf, um him backing singers is I mean backing yeah. singers is a totally different thing. You know, uh, yeah. Rebellas perhaps is another uh -huh. one maybe. Yeah. Very rooted in the blues tradition, but um, I mean, I there are some guys that like had that, you know, had that, you know, blues tradition in them. You know, he was one of them. And, you know, I I can think of listening to, uh, you know, like guys like Jim Hall. Like I said, Grant Green was one of my favorites because he was really steeped in it. Jay. Yeah, I would agree. So one of the uh, one of the shows I'll be doing for this year is Grant Green's Idle Moments. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, uh, it sounds like you might share a similar similar opinion. Uh, when I when I show students, I try to get them into jazz from the blues, perhaps. Yeah. He's usually the figure that I point to because his music, his playing is accessible. I mean, certainly very gifted guitar player, but you can hear that blues tradition. Right. And right. What, what I always found fascinating about him, too, was like he'll he'll come up to a phrase and it might not actually technically work, but he'll just play it 50 times <laughs> over uh -huh. and over until it makes it work, you know? Yeah. Just the confidence yeah. he has. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. There, there between, uh, honestly, between, I, I when I started, like, doing, like, a, 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 the crossover thing, moving from jazz stuff to blues stuff and back and forth, he and, and and Kenny Burrell were like they were the cookie cutters. They were they were the molds. Those are the guys that I listened to to um, get to understand how blues and jazz were like this. They you know they weren't separate entities working out in you know separate universes in the cosmos. They were linked and. You know, uh, you know, after doing some reading and, and researching, finding out um, that that was, you know, hearing, you know, people like really learned musicians like Wynton Marcellus, you know, say the basis uh, of all jazz lies in the blues. You know, that that's where it starts. And you listen to, you know, some of, some of the, what I call the originators, you know, like Louis Armstrong, you know, and of, of what what you call what we call jazz now to listen to them and but what they were playing you know essentially was improvisation off of the blues and then you know you, you listen to stuff yeah you listen to some of the old old blues guys and I, I think their sense of uh you know knowledge of what they were going through at the time reflects that reflects that connection between jazz and blues. Yeah, and I mean, there was that crossover too, where you know Louis, right. Louis Armstrong would play with Bessie Smith, yeah. but yeah. same with Bob Rainey. Yeah, uh, so particularly with the singers uh, the, and the female singers. Uh, yeah, yeah. BB was always the uh, when it kind of, when it came down to that that idea of the crossover. Right. You know, uh, you know, believe it or not, you know, reading his biography, you know, hearing stories about him. You know, it 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 kind of fit fit that the idea of a musician taking um, 
taken on a, a certain genre, but you know, being influenced by another form. I mean, I, I was when I was in school, I was playing in a band that did much the same with, you know, you hear stories about Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band playing backup for Chuck Berry and Gary U.S. Bond. While I was in school in the late 60s going into the early 70s, I, that's what I was doing. I got to play with a lot of old blues guys who were traveling around. They couldn't afford to travel around in, they didn't have like the, you know, core bus. Mm-hmm that you see nowadays, they, they couldn't do that. But, you know, they would throw everything they had in the back of a station wagon mm-hmm. and they they would travel around from campus to campus, from club to club and play with Jerry uh, Hooker. I got to play with uh, Davey Hutto, which was pretty big for me, sure. you yeah. know, being a 20 year old kid, you know, that was like great, great stuff. I was like, uh, latching on to the whole you know retro blues you know era um you know you got to you got to meet you know muddy waters or uh, uh memphis slim you know playing piano they were you know and they were cousins you know that was pretty cool uh, you get you know and and these guys were very accessible especially if you like you know bought them a pint or something you know like Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pine and Johnny Walker get anybody talking. <laughs> yeah. So this was with um this was the Tim McCabe band? Yep. Yeah. Cool. I don't even know what's going on with Tim anymore. I don't even know where he is, but that that was like 40 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. Right. So um you did your college at Lafayette Lafayette College, right? Lafayette, yeah. Did you yeah. music there or what were you studying? I'm still in political science. They didn't have a music department. Um, playing playing basketball and uh, studying poli sci and history. That was what I was majoring in. I, the, the idea of music wasn't a uh, necessarily a fanciful idea in my family. <laughs> so, uh, where did you grow? Did you grow up in New Jersey? Where did you grow? Yeah, up? grew up in New Jersey and played. Up north, um, had a, a lot of lot of musicians in in and about Plainfield. I mean, of course, you know, you talk about you know George Clinton and the Funkadelics and all the guys that were in that band. Oddly enough, you know, great jazz guitarist George Fanets. He was from Plainfield. Um, music in and around that area. Um, uh, Bill Evans, right? Was he? Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Bill Evans. Um, a lot of, you know, of course, you know, New Jersey has its own, you know, stellar music history, not just down here on the Jersey Shore, but especially up north, you know, when you get up to, you know, Hoboken and Newark. And who was that guy? Uh, Frank, Frank, what the hell? I can't think of his last name. <laughs> Sinatra. <laughs> oh, Sinatra. You're talking about Sinatra. Yeah, he, he was pretty well known, I'd say. I, I, I think that's what he's <laughs> he got somewhere. I don't know. He, he made it, made it thing. That's funny. He played a couple of clubs around around the area. Yeah, man. Anything uh anything you want to tell listeners? I know you're playing everywhere. Website, man. So Chucklambert.com is that 
That's yep. where you list your Okay, yep. so we'll be there for everything. Hey, man, great talking to you. Thank you, Jay. God bless. Peace. Peace, brother. Peace. All right. Take care, man.